This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a very volatile week this week. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says it was a tough one on the traders. You know, dropped hard, coming back here, respectful that we're oversold, going into the crop report uh, next Tuesday at 11 o'clock, respectful that we've got the crop out of the ground, not in the bin, uh, fears of some weather maybe coming at us, some heat, right as we're going into pollination pod filling. So. Some of Friday's gains in the markets uh, could have been short covering, according to Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo. This continues this pattern where uh, even with dry weather earlier this week, the market was breaking very, very hard. And it really wasn't until Bloomberg reported that China is possibly looking at a stimulus package, a massive stimulus package of 220 US billion US dollars um, in terms of a bond sale for infrastructure development. That really seemed to turn the tide as far as what I think was more the inflation bull and the macro bull running for the hills and hedge funds really kind of getting on a net short basis and net short side of the market. And the sell-off that we saw earlier this week is not unusual for this time of year. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says that sell-off, though, was exaggerated by end users who were sitting on their hands. If you know this, are you going to be in a big hurry to buy things? No, you're going to put your hands in your pockets. Let, let it cave in. And I think that's what we saw, particularly the big, big commercial enterprises that know what they're doing, were particularly good about putting their hands in their pockets and letting prices fall. During a Minnesota Corn Growers Association webinar, Kleist Commodity Advisors Managing Director Al Kleist encouraged the audience to operate their farms more like grain elevators. Elevators are pretty consistently profitable because they're basis traders. They don't care what futures are at when they buy or sell. They want to buy grain at the widest basis and sell at the narrow spaces. And when they buy corn, they'll manage the risk by hedging or putting on short positions. And so they're making money by trying to buy when the cash bid is low relative to the futures. And Kleiss says grain elevators use those futures markets to their advantage. And so it's all about managing risk, and they don't really care what futures prices are at, Elevator operators are interested in always trying to capture the carry and get the best basis they can. Markets have seen a major retracement since the Fed increased interest rates mid-June. Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi believes the market got spooked and uses cryptocurrency as an example. Folks may think in the ag community it doesn't affect them, but it does. When, when an asset class, and crypto did become an asset class the last five or ten years, when an asset class is worth $3 trillion, and within four weeks it's only worth $1 trillion, and you see crypto companies and people who say you could trade crypto on their platform actually going broke and not letting people withdraw money. When, when a platform or a business or a bank, like you talk about the old days, run on the bank, when you hear you can't get your money out, it scares people. And the overall stock market is off 25 to 30% from its highs. 
Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson said the livestock markets took those volatile grain markets pretty much in stride. You know, we're seeing a, a you know little stronger demand. You know, we've been seeing you know the, because of the warmer conditions, we've been seeing a little more barbecue season. Domestic demand's up a little bit. Cash continues to trade fairly well as far as the cattle are concerned. You know, we do have tighter supplies. It looks like supplies are going to continue to tighten as we go into the second half or into the third and fourth quarter here. So, and that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Hello, Shane with Irie Insurance. We are proud to announce our Benefits Connect platform. You will have more options with Irie Insurance Benefits Connect. You have choices. Do you know who your group agent is? Do you meet annually to review benefits? Would you like to save money? Would you like more benefits? You have choices. We take a different approach to providing benefits through education, communication, and a personal touch. To find out more about Irie Insurance, go to irieinsurance.com. When market prices rise and fall, or an important decision is made on Capitol Hill, the first choice for farmers and ranchers is the Red River Farm Network. Trust Don Wick, Randy Conan, Kara Hart, and Megan Overby to deliver the news that impacts your bottom line. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Your number one source for agriculture information. The Red River Farm Network. With a look at this week in farm news, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Russia is reportedly ready to negotiate with Ukraine and Turkey about the movement of grain. The G20 foreign ministers meeting is underway in Indonesia, and there is growing pressure from the United Nations for Russia to lift its blockade of Ukrainian ports. The UN is seeking a guaranteed safe passage for the grain through the Black Sea ports, but Moscow remains the big hurdle. Speaking at a preliminary meeting, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken also called on Russia to cooperate. Dutch farmers are protesting the government by blockading supermarket distribution centers and sparking concerns about food shortages. A government proposal calls for a 50% reduction in nitrogen oxide and ammonia emissions by 2030. The Dutch farmers claim they're being unfairly targeted and fear livestock operations could be forced out of business. Speaking at an event this week in Ohio, President Joe Biden said his administration has done positive things for the economy over the past year and a half. However, we got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the, I call it, the Putin tax increase. Putin because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market. Biden also criticized Congress for failing to pass his gas tax holiday proposal. Strong commodity prices have helped farmers this year, but Wells Fargo Chief Agricultural Economist Michael Swanson reminds growers to plan ahead for 2023. Only farmers truly can put pieces together. I mean, they have the ability to sell ahead when they're buying inputs. Now, traditionally, they've been more likely to buy their inputs and see what happens. But as, you know, we see more and more volatility, we see more and more challenges, a little bit of that, you know, selling ahead when you buy might be something. I mean, so, but let's face it, five, if we're looking at December of 2023 right now on the Chicago board, it's 560 corn on the board. That's not a bad price. It only seems to be weak because we're coming off a $7 corn. Contract negotiations between the Pacific Maritime Association and 20,000 union dock workers are continuing. The previous contract expired just over a week ago, but both sides said they are committed to keep the cargo moving 
during this time of supply chain headaches. Meanwhile, more than 150 trade groups, including agricultural organizations, have asked the Biden administration to help find a resolution to this labor dispute. The contract covers workers on nearly 30 ports on the West Coast that handles 40% of U.S. exports. The South Dakota soybean processors proposed soybean crush plant in Mitchell, South Dakota, advancing. The Davison County Planning Commission gave its stamp of approval on the $500 million soybean and sunflower crush plant. And on Tuesday, the final project application will be considered by the county's Board of Adjustment. South Dakota Soybean Processors CEO Tom Kirstein says this new crush facility should be completed by the spring or summer of 2025. Machinery prices continue to move higher as demand outweighs supply. Machinery Pete's Greg Peterson says supply chain issues and the lack of available new machinery continues to keep the equipment price moving higher. Frankly, I haven't seen anything like it in 32 and a half years I've been tracking auction prices and in the market and uh it's just it went higher all throughout 2021 and it went higher the first quarter of 22 and it went higher yet the second quarter and uh it's just been a rocket ship chs is reporting third quarter net income of 577 million dollars that compares to 274 million in the same quarter last year this is the red river farm network farming can be a frustrating business at times Even when commodity prices are looking pretty good, a storm can roll through and ruin your ability to make a profit. Thankfully, you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Our insurance specialists will work with you to find the right coverage for your acres. To get started, turn to the experts in every field by contacting your local Egg Country office. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The National Weather Service says thunderstorms will develop this afternoon in Montana and may move into western and central North Dakota this afternoon and tonight. Hot and humid weather is expected this weekend and severe thunderstorms are possible. NDSU Extension cereal plant pathologist Andrew Friskop says the wheat crop is variable across North Dakota. So based on my conversations with growers and agronomists and crop consultants, I think one thing, we have a very wide range of growth stages in the wheat crop. Um, There seems to be a lot of optimism out there as well. And as far as disease reports right now at this this point, um, it's been fairly low, I would say, across the board. But there's one disease that is going to be likely picking up in prevalence in probably the next couple weeks, and that's bacterial leaf streak. And the biggest reason why is some of the severe thunderstorms, um, some of the rain and the wounding on the leaves that the bacteria can enter, and it just might incre- is going to increase our risk for that disease this year especially. Rolla, North Dakota farmer Tim Mickelson found good windows to finish up spraying his canola this week. Last week at one point I didn't think that it was going to be, going to be ready this quick for, for Liberty, and the window moved so fast the canola went from 
the canola went from three and four leaf canola to uh, we're looking at probably canola bolting uh, by by the weekend again, which is which is just insane of how how quick this crop can advance. Due to the late planting season, Peterson Farms seed lead agronomist Rick Swenson says on average many areas missed out on at least 100 growing degree units, but some of that is being offset with the warmer temperatures. You know, the 30, 60, 90 day forecast, they're still talking hot, and that, that's a really good thing for us to help this finish. Uh, if we get down to, you know, even October 1st, I feel pretty good about that, but a couple of years ago we had a September 7th frost, and that is something we really don't want this year. Swenson feels good about where the crop is at in general in the Dakotas and Minnesota. We maybe won't take advantage of maybe that top 5-10% of yield like we wanted to if we didn't get in until the 25th of May. But um, at least the, the crop got put in and um, I, I feel good with what we're at or where we're at overall. The one good thing is the sheer amount of moisture we've had and the heat. Um, I think our potential is there. We could actually still have a very nice crop. Uh, just how wet everything ends up in the fall if we have to run the dryers or not. So I actually feel a lot better looking at the crops right now. Um, I was comparing some pictures from last year on this date to this year, and we actually look a lot better than we did last year already with the drought last year. Rainfall this spring is helping forage growth, but it's less than ideal for hay curing and drying. South Dakota State University Extension Forage Field Specialist Sarah Bowder says it comes as a trade-off. You know, it's really difficult when you get small showers frequently for hay producers to determine what to do. And the trade-off there is, do you stay on schedule and potentially get the hay rained on, or do you cut later as you wait for the rains to pass and potentially lose a cutting? NDSU Extension hosted a weed management plot tour at their Prosper Research Plot this week. NDSU weed specialist Joe Eichley says the biggest challenge was a late start to the planting season. Uh, so far the biggest challenge by far has been the late planting window uh, because of all the early moisture in April and, April and May and then that led to a short planting window. So practically what that means is it was very difficult to get pre-emergence herbicides applied. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. We're catching up with BASF Technical Service Representative Ken Dybert. We're looking at the benefits of Provosol fungicide for sugar beets. We're in a totally different year here in 2022. Last year, the thought process going on at the grower level is it was dry and I don't have to worry about this disease anymore, right? Fast forward to 2022, completely new year. Tercospera is definitely at the top of my mind. See your local ag retailer or BASF representative for more information about Provosol fungicide. Always read and follow label directions. From the Northern Plains to South America, World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. The region with 60 and 70 degree temperatures likely in many areas, perhaps even some temperatures near or slightly over 80 degrees will occur in South Dakota. We'll also have increasing southeast wind across the region tomorrow, especially the eastern Dakotas and Minnesota. A more generalized one taking place across the eastern Dakotas, Minnesota, and Manitoba. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network.